All right, Dave, can you explain who our, our guest is today? Well, he is everything like us. Yeah. I think this is one of the first times we've, or one of our first guests, that that he's so similar to us. He's yeah. an outdoorsman, yeah, just like us. He loves to get dirty, yeah. He loves to immerse himself into some very very dangerous situations, and he's a thrill seeker, yeah. And it's, <laughs> well, it's exactly like us. us, right? Well, here I've got a clip. This is, uh, by the way, our guest's name is Coyote Peterson. He is a YouTube sensation. And here is one of the YouTube videos. Uh, this is Coyote Peterson getting stung by a bullet ant. And we'll just play it for you. I'm Coyote Peterson, and I'm about to take on the bullet ant challenge. Are you ready? Let's do it. One. <laughs> two. Oh my gosh, this is it. Three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get to him, and we'll do that right after we uh, do our usual open. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opai show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. You, sir, are insane. <laughs> if I can just start it with that. Um, uh, Welcome to the show, Coyote Peterson. How are you? Can you talk? Um, can you talk now? Or are you busy wrestling some sort of exotic man-eating turtle or something? You got a few minutes? No, I am. I'm having an office day, so this is the perfect chance to catch me for a all detailed conversation about whatever sort of crazy stuff uh, we want to reanalyze that I've done. All right, let me ask you a question. You getting an office day? Let's say you get a paper cut. Are you just writhing in agony with a paper cut? Like, ah! <laughs> well, you know what's funny is you guys are, are actually talking to me today. Uh, two days after I, believe it or not, broke my very first bone of my entire life. I have a broken pinky toe at the moment and in 42 years of existence this is the first time that i have ever broken a bone and it's driving me absolutely bonkers because i can't go to the gym i'm hobbling around the office everybody's making fun of me it's uh it's pretty ridiculous but this is is a very true thing i'm going through right now so how'd you break it did you like step on a lego or yeah. something or what how did you break your pinky toe no, the story is actually much more Seinfeld-esque. I was at a restaurant the other night with a buddy of mine, and I got up to go to the bathroom, as guys typically do after having a couple drinks. And as I'm standing there using the urinal, doing, you know, that guy thing, sure. uh, the divider between the urinal and the sink literally falls off of the wall. <laughs> it bounces off of its front point goes up in the air. This is seriously like in slow motion, like a Looney Tunes cartoon. And it falls and crushes the top of my foot and just obliterates my pinky toe. Now, meanwhile, I don't break stream at all because yeah. you can't stop, you know, thin. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. want to pee on myself. And sure enough, I have to continue going to the bathroom while I'm yelling in agony as my foot is throbbing. There's somebody in the stall next to me and they were like, what the heck just <laughs> happened? I'm like, the wall fell off the wall and crushed my foot. So, Wait, aren't yeah. you the crocodile guy? Wait a second. You, uh, You've yeah, had your head in, a, in the mouth of a jaguar and you can't take a pee? Right, right. Well, you know what? Yeah. I'm glad you didn't die, but let's be honest, kind of a cool story if you would have died, right? It would have added the legend to the Ed legend. 
if, if well, I think it's kind of legendary that the very first bone I've ever broken, given everything that I've gone through, I went to uh, the urgent care the next morning because my foot had swollen up to about the size of a small football, and I was like, man, something's really off here. And uh, the the doctor looked at, he's like, yep, all right, there is the gold medal, the silver medal, and the bronze medal we could get here. And the gold medal would be that nothing was broken at all, and I just got like an impact hit basically the silver medal would be the bone that i broke which was the second bone and it basically split in half like a peanut and the bronze medal would have been the bone behind it which would have then required me being in a cast for six to eight weeks so you know if there was one bone to break in my body apparently this was the one to do well well good congratulations (laughs) yeah now you know people do not uh, know who you are you're his Brave Wilderness uh, YouTube channel has over 21 million subscribers. Um, people should absolutely go check this out, and you will see the most amazing things ever. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I spent pretty much all of yesterday binge watching your videos. Um, and my first question is: Do you can you get life insurance? I mean, I, do you have life insurance? Is anybody willing to underwrite you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got incredible life insurance, actually. You know, the thing is, we we position everything we do as educational nature videos. So that's, you know, that's a very broad term. I mean, (laughs) you know, I'm an educator and an entertainer first and foremost. So, you know, as long as you're like uh, essentially advertising right out of the gate that, hey, I'm going to be putting myself into extreme situations that, you know, someday could go sideways on me, then, then you know, people usually don't ask the questions. They're like, oh, cool. Yeah, check the box. You, you educate. You're an educator. I didn't you know? lie. I didn't lie. I checked the box. Yeah. That's good. Na- nature education. Yeah, that's what it's all about. All right. So how does a guy, uh, you grew up in the Cleveland area, right? I did, yes. So mm-hmm. how does a guy from the Cleveland area uh, become this famous wilderness adventurer uh and and uh pick up the name coyote first tell us where coyote comes from and then tell us how this how this whole uh, i don't know is it a a living uh, yeah i guess it's, no, it's gonna be huge big living, i mean I how yeah. this uh, how this career came to be yeah, great question. So the nickname Coyote, I kind of fell into uh, when I was around eight years old. It comes from my mom. Um, she used to travel, my little sister and I, well, not little sister now, but when we were younger, she was, my sister's younger than me. Um, we would travel out west every single summer and spend a lot of time in, in Arizona. We actually did this thing called house swapping with some people that lived in Arizona. They would come live in Ohio for the summer and we'd go live in Arizona. And I would spend a lot of time running around trying to catch different lizard species and and I had this theory that because roadrunners eat lizards, that if I were to follow the roadrunners, eventually they would lead me to the lizard species that I wanted uh-huh. to try to catch. So like the famous Warner Brothers cartoon or the now famous, as I read an article about the other day, uh, Coyote and Roadrunner movie that they made that got canned by Warner Brothers. Yeah, They're like not releasing that. it now, I guess. Um, I was nicknamed the Coyote off of my knack for chasing roadrunners around. So um, that just kind of turned into coyote after a while. My neighborhood buddies, when we were playing, you know, neighborhood sports would basically drop, drop the the and turn it into coyote. Uh, that hung on for quite a while till I got to high school. And then I was like, yeah, this is kind of awkward. <laughs> you know, you get to high school and you, uh, you try to go on dates with girls and you're like, yeah, my name is coyote. Yeah, like, right. uh, no, thank like you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was going to work. So I dropped it for a while. But when we uh, went about making an animal adventure, series at the time, uh, Bear Grylls, who 
is worldly popular at the time was on the start of his rise of fame um, with Man vs. Wild. And we were like, wow, I mean, uh, he's got a, a nickname that's an animal. And I told my producing partners that I used to have a nickname called Coyote. They're like, dude, that's brilliant. People are going to remember that uh, as opposed to Nate. My real name's Nathaniel, yeah. so nickname for that's Nate. I mean, that might as well be, you know, Matt or Pete or, <laughs> right. you know, any other basic four-letter uh, white guy uh, name. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, uh, it, it kind of stuck. And we said, hey, we can brand and run with that. And there there it is. Well, like Rick said, 21 million subscribers. You are uh, mm-hmm. branding pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah uh, Thank you. You um, try. And, you know, what's and obviously your content is fantastic. And I've seen you catch crocodiles, hang out with wild rhinos. You know, you've worn snakes around your necks. And, but I think your greatest work revolves around getting stung by poisonous, scary insects. That's kind of, on that's purpose. Your, that's, on purpose. That's your white album, isn't it? That's your go-to. That's, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, it's, 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 it's the insect thing, right? And did you, um, how'd you, you know, how'd you pick that as the, uh, you know, as your wheelhouse? Yeah, well, what's funny is like, you know, any any good wildlife presenter, anybody that wants to be a presenter, myself included, w- would have told you that, you know, if you want to have that job, like you've got to be good at interacting with animals and not get bitten or stung. Um, so when we recognized that the audience really enjoyed seeing a worst case scenario, we were like, <laughs> humans are great, aren't they? Humans are a great species, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, you know, and that just sort of became, you know, there were a couple of episodes that sort of kicked it off. And then when we started climbing up the insect sting pain index, that thing just, that just took on a whole new life of its own. And, you know, every once in a while, like these perfect moments come together with a distribution platform that was primed for the viral moments that we gave it. And it was like throwing gasoline into a locomotive engine and the thing just took off in 2016. But the the few intentional like pain inducing moments that we had done before that weren't necessarily big viral hits, but at the time they were definitely getting more views than our other content. So we were like, all right, well, there's got to be something to this because it's gaining the audience's attention. And certainly in the digital space when it was not necessarily its infancy, but it was kind of like a, I don't know, like a second or third grader by the time we broke into it. And then, you know, it was, it was all like an avalanche from there. Have you thought about using some of Wiley Coyote's techniques, you know, like a, <laughs> the dropping of an anvil, uh, yeah, right. the, the shooting of a rocket ship across uh, a big Canyon, <laughs> Just some, just some uh, free ideas for you there. Uh, what? Well, we, I did legit fall off a cliff and almost died. And again, miraculously did not break a single bone or get a single stitch. Um, but that was a, that was one of my, you know, if, if, if cats have nine lives, we're trying to figure out how many lives do coyotes have. I, I definitely have used close to five or six of them without question at yeah, this point. So, yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try to avoid any more wily coyote antics, that's for sure. Okay, so for our listeners, the most now, we just did we did the um, audio of you getting stung by the bullet ant, and that, yeah. that did not sound fun. What is the most painful insect that that you have been bitten by? Or maybe so more it, stung? Or, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I think as, you know, as I get older and, and some would probably argue not wiser considering <laughs> some of the things I've gone through since the bullet ant at the time was super intimidating, all sorts of myth and lore around it. And while, yes, it was painful, uh, I mean, it's it's 
like fallen way off is the most painful things that I've gone through. So when we're talking about an individual insect sting, the most painful one at this point, it's kind of a toss up between the executioner wasp (laughs) and the Japanese giant hornet. The executioner wasp we ultimately named as being number one because of the components within this wasp's venom have the ability to essentially break down your cells and it will like rot a hole in you. So when I when I got stung by that, like several days later, about two weeks the after effects lasted like it, it cooked a hole in my arm that huh. eventually like I could flick the scab off of and I was like, oh, wow, there's like a hole. It was like a pockmark in my forearm. It was gross looking um, and all like white and gooey inside. Like it, it was bad. It like just ate away all the the skin and the and the cells. So um, the the giant hornet, which is now also famously known as the murder hornet, that one was also just absolutely terrible. Like when I got stung by it, I, I whited out. It felt like getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson. And uh, that thing sent me for a whopper. That's for sure. So – uh, yeah, both of those two are, are up there. But people often are like, well, when you say painful sting, we now quantify it as most painful experience, which at this point has been placing my hand into a box with 200 angry yellow jackets where I then got stung 100 times in 10 seconds. And that was the most pain I've ever been in to this point in my life. Well, the, pr- the, the problem is, is why did you why did you pick angry yellow jackets? How about happy go lucky yellow jackets? Or, <laughs> well, they don't sting. You know, uh, you know, just happy to be here. Yellow jackets. It's the angry that 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 was the problem. You well, here, here's the thing. Like, you know, I was at least mentally partially convinced that maybe they were not going to sting once in the box because how the episode went down is. You know, we wanted to test out how far do you need to run from a yellow jacket nest because they build a nest underground. Sometimes people hit them with their lawnmowers and it's like hell breaks loose like and they have an extremely potent venom. So you have to travel 150 to 200 yards to get them to stop following you. Meanwhile, you're getting stung the whole time. So I did this in a in a bee suit. And they are capable of stinging through the bee suit if they get you in the right spot. So I got stung about 20 times in the process of this. But part of the experiment was to also abduct a bunch of them from the nest. We built this plastic contraption that had a trap door and we got about 200 of them, probably a little bit more. Um, but 200 is what we quantified was in the box when I was getting stung. And we were like, well, when you take them away from the nest and you give them 15 minutes to calm down, are they still angry? <laughs> Well, the nature answer for that is, nurture, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, they were more pissed off than they were when I caught them. Because I'll tell you what, I got my hand into the box. The second the trap door started to slide back, I must have had pheromones on me because they immediately went for my fingers. And I was like, man, this is either you're going for it or you're just backing out. And the audience is going to be like, oh, you wimp. So I yanked the trap door out, shoved my arm in. And within three seconds, honestly, I was tapping out, but my hand got stuck in the box. And that's how it ended up being in there for 10 seconds, 100 stings, worst day of my life. Like, yeah, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. (laughs) Tapping out. (laughs) Holy crap. Uh, you know, I think my favorite part of your videos is, is the way that you tell a story. You have a... I'd say a cinematic approach to the way you do it. You've thank you. You've you mentioned Steven Spielberg uh, had an impact on you. Is, is, has he influenced the way you portray uh, each of these uh, events? 
Oh, massively, like probably to like a collegiate college level course degree. Um, Like I I was raised on Steven Spielberg films without even knowing who Steven Spielberg was until I was older in life. Right. Like Close Encounters, Jaws, Jurassic, Indiana Jones, like E.T. I mean, you name it. This was my childhood. So by the time I got to college and started studying filmmaking, realizing that I had like been being mentally uh, primed to tell stories. What Stephen did, I feel such a great job of is always taking something that was a book or in, in many instances scripts, but a lot of times books, and then figuring out how to make that the entertaining fast paced version. And that's really what we did specifically with the insect sting pain index, because honestly, I owe all of this to the late, great Justin Schmidt, who was a phenomenal entomologist who lived in in Tucson, Arizona. He sadly passed away the end of last year. Um, And he wrote a book called uh, The Sting of the Wild, um, which I keep here in my office. I always have it close. It's my autographed copy. But I got a hold of this book and, you know, similar to how Spielberg would with a number of other books. I mean, he looked at it and said, all right, well, there's a great blueprint here. But how do you take the words off of the page, the, the basic bones, the skeleton of that, and turn it into something that is that fast-paced entertainment for a larger audience. And that mixes in good writing, good camera, good performance, Mm -hmm. good music. How do you build those tension moments? How do you give somebody something up front and say, we promise this is what you're eventually going to get, but we're going to need you to sit through all 15 minutes of this and you're going to get your your dessert once you've had the vegetables. So, um, you know, we really took that to heart with a lot that we've done with Brave Wilderness. And whether it's a Biden Sting episode or just a, a general adventure episode, what we try not to ever do is clickbait our audience. And we became known very early on for being the the channel that does not clickbait. Oh, so, yeah, you know, that that makes us us proud, I guess. Yeah, I'm not I'm not kidding. I probably spent 6 hours yesterday watching you in agony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and it was really fun. Uh, no offense, but I really enjoyed it, you know. I, no, I I, I I I love that. I mean, when and that's the cool thing about Brave Wilderness. It's like we found a unique way to make outdoors and adventure mixed in with the right sliver of education really popular for a lot of people and and specifically a younger audience demographic, but it's still palatable for adults. Like we didn't want to come out and be like, Hey kids, look, it's a turtle. It's got a shell and look at its mouth. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to be a kid's show. Like I can appreciate all those things and, and they're great, but how do you keep it vast? And that's what Spielberg did, right? He made kid properties appropriate for adults and adults that grew up on those properties still love them today that's the brilliance of spielberg right there and it definitely shows through with your work i mean it's really really remarkable stuff yeah i appreciate that it's a huge compliment i we we do we work we work very 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 hard on everything that we do um because you know look we we distribute the majority of our content on youtube but when people call you a YouTuber, it's not to say that uh, that's a, a bad term to call anybody. Yes, we, I'm a YouTuber. I release content on YouTube. But I put a lot of work, mm-hmm. my whole team does, into making these the highest quality pieces of content we can. And that's not to say that, you know, the other folks out there that run around with their, you know, a selfie camera or just vlogging in their, their little bedroom is a, a wrong way to do it. That's not the case whatsoever. We just really took this cinematic movie-making approach to how we tell our stories. Yeah, yeah. That's great. agreed. That's great. That's great. Now, some of my favorite 
uh, ones are the ones that are like in the wild with you know like big cats yeah. or mm-hmm. or you get in the water uh, the things that are like terrifying you know you just never know you're in the amazon or whatever um is there any insect animal of any kind that you've run into and you're uh, like no chance you're yeah, uh, I'm, you I'm want out. avoid at all costs what is the what is the one that you tell people yeah i'm not going to do that or is there one is there well, there's a couple of uh, species out there that are like, you know, there there's a fine line between entertainment and pure stupidity, right? <laughs> so, like, for example, there's a spider species in Australia called the Sydney funnel web spider. Uh, now, the male version of this spider is a guaranteed death sentence without antivenom. Now, I could get bitten by one of those spiders and get antivenom and probably be just fine. But that thing kind of crosses that line of people saying, okay, so you made a choice to be bitten by something intentionally that really could kill you. That's just – that's not cool. Yeah, that, that's think not of all the views, like, man. <laughs> think of all the views. Think of all the clicks. Well, yes, yes. That, there, there is the, that upside to the, the entertainment and the business side of it. But – it does set an example that says we would do anything for what those views are. Sure. And that's not no, the case. Same, same way that people are like, you should get bitten by a shark. I'm like, mm. I mean, yeah, I could go out and get bit by a small bull shark, but that's still going to result in a hospital visit, yeah. uh, massive loss of blood, stitches out to wazoo, possibly not having the use of my arm anymore, depending right. on how deep those teeth go, or venomous snakes. And, you know, there are just certain things that – it's too much of a risk. The things that I've intentionally been bitten or stung by, in all honesty, most people could be bitten or stung by them, and you're just going to be in a lot of pain, yeah. but your body's going to fight it off. Now, how an individual's body reacts to different venoms, to each their own. I happen to be very lucky in that my body is super resistant to a lot of things. It's very odd, um, whether that's poisons, venoms. Like, I don't get poison ivy. Uh, knock on wood, I've never gotten an infection. Like, you know, I'll get sliced open by snapping turtles or injuries in the field. I'll literally like, we'll just go right back into the environment, dirt wedged into them, mud, swamp muck, you name it. Nothing seems to happen. So it's, it's bizarre, but I guess maybe that just comes with the territory for having this job. So do you think that as you get older, you're 42 now? Yes. Is this, I mean, Hopefully this doesn't change, but are you concerned that perhaps your body is going to change as you get older, that you're not going to have this resistance anymore? I mean, I got to tell you, I was pretty disappointed the other day when I broke the smallest breakable <laughs> bone in my body. I mean, I have a, I have a 42 year streak going of no broken bones and no stitches. Yeah. Like, I mean, at least if I'm going to break one, it's that one. You know, I, at least I can kind of feel like, you know, it's like a, like an asterisk next to breaking bones, you know? (laughs) Um, No, that's a, it's a real good question though. And uh, there's been a lot of curiosity between like my personal health physician and, and a handful of other people to be like, what sort of immunity is it that your body is building up from taking on all these different types of venoms? I mean, it's probably fair to say that of the people existing on this planet, I have taken more venom from more species than, I don't know, most other people that are out there, certainly anybody else that's actually documented it. So, you know, is there something to it? Who knows? If if there's ever some team that wants to come and draw blood from me and do some research, I'd be the first guinea pig to volunteer. Like, cool, let's see what's going on in there. You know, it's uh, 
I think it's interesting, but I'm I'm pretty healthy, so I I'm thankful for that. Yeah. That's- well, hey, listen, keep it up because uh, we enjoy watching it. Um, <laughs> and for those of for those of our listeners that don't know, why don't you plug away? Tell people where they can find you and your uh, and your stuff. Sure. So, if you're looking to go down the rabbit hole of wilderness adventure, entertainment, and education videos. Certainly the easiest and fastest place is to just search Brave Wilderness on YouTube, but we've also got a phenomenal series on Animal Planet called Brave the Wild, uh, which you could catch at random on cable, or if you have Discovery Plus, you can watch it pretty much anytime you want. Um, We've also done a number of different series for YouTube originals, all of which can also be watched through the Brave Wilderness YouTube channel. So yeah, if you're looking for the rabbit hole, man, we've got uh, almost a thousand videos on the channel at this point, so it's a lot. And your social media handles what are they uh, at brave wilderness and at coyote peterson and you can check everything out there tiktok facebook instagram uh x formerly known as twitter right. i don't think we do much there but <laughs> i don't know who does um so yeah no all, all kinds of good stuff we're we're typically releasing at least two to three brand new episodes a month on the YouTube channel. And then everything gets parsed down and spread across social media. So we are constantly putting content out there. Wow. Well, Coyote Peterson, thank you very much for being on the show. Absolutely. Unbelievably great. Yeah. You're just uh-huh. like us. You're just yeah, like uh, us. Absolutely. Uh, Except we never leave the house. Well, and I've been, <laughs> and I've been and, battling this cold for a while. Right, and exactly. I, you know, I would do what you're doing, but I got a <laughs> right. sinus thing going on yeah. and you know, it's uh you know, I'm just, you do it, okay? Yeah. I've got Sky. Yeah, you know? leave getting the pinky toe smashed by bathroom urinal dividers to me, guys. I got this, I got this covered for well, all of us. Well, you know what? I don't want to brag, but my pinky toe's perfectly fine right yeah. now. We've, right. Got, <laughs> we've got four pinky toes between the two of us, Rick and me. And, we do. And we're, they're fine. I don't no, know what no, your problem our, is. Our urine stream probably won't match yours. It's a little, it's a, it's a little trickly, but, yeah, but uh, you know, other than you know, that. We're a little older, but uh, hey, well, that's good. hey, if you're ever in Chicago, Look us yeah, up. We can, to... we can line you up with some adventures. Yeah. Uh, oh, sounds great, guys. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks so much for all the wonderful questions. And uh, yeah, if I'm in Chicago anytime, yeah. whether live on the show or happy to come back on anytime, oh, just reach out. That'd be great, Thanks, buddy. Coyote. Thanks, we'll man. T- we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. It just right. sounds weird to say thanks, Coyote, doesn't it? <laughs> that was, that's, was you know, um, that author that he was talking about with that, that, uh, that chronicled yeah, all yeah, the, yeah, stings the sting and guy. everything. Yeah. We've done that bit on Minutia Men. We did a whole segment on that once uh, 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 about that book. Yeah. So, I mean, I had, we are, we're so far ahead of the curve, really, if you think you know, about it. And, it does, and Coyote, well, Nathaniel, what a great guy. Yeah. What a, just a nice guy. And yeah, you can totally, you know, I'd say like, I'd, I'd hang out with the dude in a bar, but as soon as he goes, hey, let's go camping, I'm like, you know what, dude? Not really for me. You go ahead. Oh and just, just, yeah, let me know about that. Uh, so we have people to thank. For, for, let's thank uh, Brandon Herman mm-hmm. for scoring Coyote or for even letting us know about <laughs> Coyote. Um, also, uh, we need to thank our executive producer, Tony Lasano mm-hmm. with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H-shows.com. Don't forget Edzilla. We're distributed by Edzilla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again soon with another episode of Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. The preceding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?